All right, uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Got a special guest on the show today. Uh, one of the uh, biggest up-and-coming up producers in the game. Got industry placements from Quando uh, Rondo, NBA Youngboy. Everybody should have been on heard at least one song from one of those artists. Uh, yeah. Trill C, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing yourself? I'm glad to be here. I'm doing all right, man. So, uh First off, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we're going to start off by playing. Uh, it's an artist from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm real cool with him. Got a personal relationship with him. His name is Game Type Black Sea. We're going to play one of his songs. And uh, and then we'll get into the interview. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Nigga, don't worry about what I do. Just know I get money. Yeah. Yeah. Nigga, don't worry about what I do, just know I get money. Just know I get money. Just know I get money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Met when they Nigga, don't worry about what I do, just know I get money. I am up in these streets and graduate, but I ain't no crash dummy. I been having motion seven days a week, my trap open. Hit it twice, my junkie hit it once and said it's still potent. Bro, he had on bail for two gun cases, but he still holding. Told me he fucked up, I put him on and got his shit rolling. Look, bitch, talking shit, I honey packed, I got her shit swollen. Make some cool niggas lost their life for too much trolling. Can't put my trust in pussy niggas, lost his mix to be earned. They paying the bills about my paper. Don't make me turn the big one. Turn no big one said we don't smoke. Upgrade your lungs, come get served. My clothes told me to send a text just so my orders confirmed. I'm willing to take it wherever with you. If I detect the threat, ain't no limits with niggas. I want you, I'm putting it on your head. This ain't no problem. Respect is meant to be a man. You're getting it. No too much in this world. What I do, just know I get money. Come up in these streets and graduate, but I ain't no crash coming. I got the heavy motion. Seven days a week, my trap open. Hit it twice, my junkie hit. Hey man, shout out to uh Game Type Black Steve, man. Shout out to Game Type Black Steve. That's hard right there. I ain't see that's hard. It's yeah. funny because I don't really know too many. Uh what where you said he from again? He's uh I'm in Louisville, man. I don't interviewed every artist up here in Louisville. I okay. probably got the biggest podcast in Kentucky. Hey, EST, is East, don't let me get me wrong. Is ESTG from Louisville? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, okay, I know okay. one of his close homies, man. Like uh, EST, yeah. man. He, yeah, yeah, that's that vibe I get from that song. You know what I'm saying? That boy, like money. You know what I'm saying? Talking about getting to the money. I like that. It's hard. I like the beat. The mix sound good. Shit, that's dope right there, bro. Shout out to him for that. That's a hard record. Yeah, man. Yeah, ESTG, man. Yeah, he. Uh, I listened to him uh, when I got up here in 2018 before I moved up here in 2020, and that's all they was bumping in the club before he signed the yeah. guy. And so I was listening to him since 2018, way before he got big. And that's crazy, because we didn't really get a hold to ESCG to like 21 out here in Houston, bro. Like 20, 2021, 2020, one of those years. But it was like, that's crazy that, you know what I'm saying, in, in your city, like y'all been hearing about him, you know what I'm saying, and he's come up. Yeah, because he was the first artist, like, I heard in a long time that I ain't heard a bad song by him. Like, I could just shuffle his whole thing. Like, every song was hard. Yeah, I, I rock with ESC for sure. That record hard too, though, bro. Shout out to him for sure. Yeah. His name again? Uh, Game Type Black Steve. Game Type Black Steve. Yeah, I'm going to check him out. Yeah, yeah, he's on YouTube. You know, uh, he got a couple of uh, songs. Uh, he got a song with Peasy, too, he did about two years ago. Okay. That's dope, bro. I like that record. 
But yeah, man, we start off from the beginning, man. Uh, tell the people where you're from. How old are you? Okay. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm 32 years old. I've been producing, I'm going to say, like five years. I haven't been doing it long. It's something that kind of, uh, I got into it as I got a little older. I uh, I used to hoop and shit like that. So I was a basketball player then. For some reason, my homeboys, that was all rappers. And I kind of got out of school. I didn't know what my next move was. And I was like, man, I don't want to be a rapper. That's not me. And shit, here we are now, producing. Got some records with some of the hottest in the game. I'm gonna continue to grow. And y'all gonna be hearing a lot from me. That's what's up, man. So uh, what's the first uh, thing that come to your mind when you hear your hometown? First thing come to my mind <laughs> from my hometown? Uh, man, we gonna go with... uh. You know what I'm saying? Swangers, that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's just natural Houston, uh, you know, classic shit. Swangers. If you know, you know what swangers are? Yeah, 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 man. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's just what that's just a classic thing in Houston. Everybody, y'all got them pokey rims. That's what everybody call them, pokey rims. <laughs> you know, that's what we do out here, swangers. <laughs> yeah, I just interviewed Lil Flip last month and he was talking about that, so. Yeah, for sure. That's just like, man, as a kid, like growing up seeing that it's it's not as popular as it used to. Like the older, the younger guys are kind of like forgies, bigger wheels and stuff like that. But like just old school, original Houston, like swinging screw music and things like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh for anybody that ain't never been to Houston, uh just kind of describe how it was growing up there, everyday kid. Some of the struggles you had to go through as a kid slash teenager growing up in Houston, two-parent household, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, my father passed away when I was younger, but my mom and my stepdad been together since I was a kid. So that's kind of my uh my father figure in my life. So I grew up in a two-parent household. I grew up in Missouri City, Texas, known as most city. Uh, man, it's tough out here in Houston, bro. Like a lot of people think we all country ride horses and stuff like that, but actually we one of the most popular partying cities. Like a lot of people come out here to get their party on, bro. Like growing up out here, it was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different gangs and like, we don't really have, like it's people that gang bang and stuff like that, but it's a lot of different cliques out here and a lot of different things going on. So growing up out here, you really had to be yourself because people expose you for being, if you're trying to be somebody you're not like, People think Houston is a playful city. Like, you come out here and really get hurt. Like, it's not no place to play around and think that you're somebody that you're not. So, growing up out here, like, you really had to, like, be somebody because it's a lot of money in Houston to be made. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, did you uh, – do you got any siblings? Yeah, I got an older brother, younger sister. So, I'm the middle child. So, I would say my family look at me to be the golden child. So <laughs> I try to be the one that, you know, lift everybody up and keep everybody going and look out for everybody in my family, man. That's what's up, man. So uh, I know you say you play basketball, man. What type of activities you was into as a kid? Or did you just play basketball? You play football too or anything like that? Uh, nah, hell nah, it's too small. I'm about 5'11", bro. So I ain't get into the football. I tried, but shit, once I got hit one time in middle school, I was done. I was like, nah, this ain't the sport for me, bro. I was done with it, but mostly, bro, I can't lie. I was like a hustler. My mom would tell you, like, bro, I was like always trying to get some money just as a kid, like doing whatever I could do from selling things to being a neighborhood cool cup kid, selling cool cups to everybody in the neighborhood to finding a way as an adult and making my way. Okay. So uh, as far as the music business, uh, as far as your family and close friends around you, do, do you have anybody 
that was in the music business in your family or close around you, or was you the first person to go down that route? Uh, my stepdad actually they had like a a group coming up in the early uh I'm gonna say like eighties. They did a lot of dance. So we had a theme park in Houston called Astroworld. So that was kind of a hot group. But other than that, my family, I'm the first one, bro. So it's kind of like a you know one of those achievements in life to actually put a plaque up in my mom's house and you know what I'm saying be different because. I can't say that I have anybody in my family that's been a successful musician, bro. Okay. So what would you say, uh, I know you spoke on it briefly, you know, uh, you uh, playing basketball and things like that, but what would you, if you had to point out something that really led you to get into the music? Uh, as far as that goes, I don't know. I just always seen myself as a star, bro. I never seen myself as just uh the typical going to work type of guy, like being normal. So I always wanted to put myself in a situation to where it made sense. I have people around me doing a lot of good things in life. So I always wanted to be just around something that made sense to me. And ever since I started music, bro, I never had doubts about it. I never second guessed it. It still says today is my passion, it's my life. Okay. So when you first got into it, uh, you found the passion for producing, like um, as far as like, um, or was it something that you kind of played around with a little bit before and then you just went full-fledged on it? Man, I just found instantly, like, found a passion for it. It was like, I can't even remember the, like, the philosophy of what made me just say, all right, I'm going to be a producer. But in the early stages, bro, I went through a lot of wasting money and wasting time because I didn't really have guidance in it. So I didn't know what I bought, what to buy, what program I should use to produce on or anything like that. So... I would say the passion kind of grew just from like my my homeboys. They was all rappers. So I was like, man, I need to be a part of this. Cause I was always in the studio with them, just being there at first. And I wanted to be a part of it. Okay. So um growing up, man, who did you like listening to? Who were some of your favorite artists? Man, uh, I can go real, real in depth with music. I'm just like an overall music fan. I don't really have I would say, because my parents, they listen to a lot of old school things from the Osley Brothers to Earth, Wind & Fire. But my personal favorite, like, as an artist coming up, like, I like Tupac. I like Lauryn Hill. You know what I'm saying? The Fugees and things like that, bro, in that direction. Like, real good music. Okay. So, your first time going to a studio, man, producing a record. You know what I'm saying? Tell just what it was, man. Is, was it a rough patch or was it easy for you to catch on or, you know? Man, I ain't gonna lie to you. I used to be nervous as hell. Like, <laughs> I used to be, like, bro, I used to come up with excuses. Be like, bro, my, my laptop, I forgot my charger. Because I was nervous, bro. I wasn't confident in my work. I just, and, and to be honest, the sound wasn't particularly there yet. So it was like, I wasn't really confident in what I was creating until I really locked in and got comfortable in every, like I really started getting a lot of, uh, you know, just good advice from other people who are doing better than me. And I started to get around those guys. And man, when I got around people who was better than me, I started to realize that I was actually good at what I was doing. But my first time, shit, bro, I was shaking in my boots. I was like, cause there was a bunch of people in the room. And that's one thing that I could say like for becoming producers, like don't be scared to put yourself in those situations. Cause that's what kind of was my breakthrough was I got over the fear of, say that first time being in a session, I had to put myself in those situations to outgrow that fear. Okay. 
So around what time frame that was when you uh, was going through that? Like what year? This was probably like 2017. Yeah, I'm gonna say 2017. Okay. When that when that uh, uh first sessions, it was a uh, with an artist named uh, Drippy. He's in TSF. If you know TSF is on the South Walker. Okay. So, uh, you led me right into my next question. So, just like anything in life, you know, I'm a hooper too. You know, I had yeah. for high school for basketball. So, like anything you do, you got to build confidence in it. Where you know, yeah, you know, start playing basketball, had to get confidence in your handle. Yeah. You know, exactly. So when you uh when would you say what time frame did you really had the confidence to know that you really could uh, like I could really do this producing stuff like this and go somewhere? Man, uh I got around a uh artist in 2019, 90 Bando, rest in peace uh to him. He passed away last year in January. And we was a we we actually met on 2K through mutual friends. We was all online playing 2K like the park, and uh, he told started sending them beats. When my partner, my homeboy, told me about him, he he was like, "Send me some beats, send me some beats." And to have a, a rapper that already has an established fan base in Houston and with an established record, to have his support and him give me like the access to his studio and to be able to create around somebody who's actually doing this. It, influ- it it made me feel confident because I was ready to give up. Honestly, I was about to give up around 2019, and he started taking with me, taking me with him to Atlanta and things like that. And I started getting in these rooms and being around people who was actually doing it from winter circles to uh, just major studios in Atlanta. And man, I honestly built my confidence up because I started realizing, hey, are you good at what you do? Like, had that confidence within yourself, and I can say that. Honestly, D-Mando changed my life, bro, because I was ready to quit. I was done with music. Oh, dang. That's crazy. And it's uh, crazy that you speak on Atlanta because, you know, Atlanta is like the new hub now. It used to be like New York or California back in the day, but, you know, now it's like anybody, even if they get popping in their own city, like at some point they got to go through Atlanta, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a circuit. Like, you got to find your way to build relationships in Atlanta, bro. Like, it's just something you have to do. Like, to me, it was a, it was, a, I, I met a lot of good people in Atlanta who actually put me in rooms and put me in situations to get placements. Nothing has a fail through, but it's all about the experience. Like, you got to put yourself out there. Okay. And I like that you spoke on, you know, that breaking point, because, you know, a lot of people get to the breaking point and it, no matter what they're doing, where, you can be trying to advance at your job at a nine to five or anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you feel like you're about to give up. And it always is always at that point where you about like, man, I'm about to say quit. And yeah. then you just be like, all right, I'm going to do it a little bit longer. And then stuff on uh, doors end up to open up for you. So what uh, gave you, you know, the persistence to just be like, Hey, I'm going to just try for a little bit more longer. Cause a lot of people, would have just been like, you know, a lot of people don't have that edge, you know, to just keep going, you know. I had got around uh, D-Bando, my homie I was telling you about, he introduced me to a producer named No Limit Shine, which is my little bro we locked in, I love him for life. Um, we was going to his studio like every day, this when COVID first happened. So we had nothing to do, bro. We was just literally in the studio all day, all night, just making beats, making beats all day, all night. And I don't know what it was about Sean, but it was like, 
the music we was when we was making these beats, I'm like, bro, I should ain't never sounded like this, bro. Like, <laughs> is it because I'm around you or what? And we end up getting a placement with an artist called Broke as Fuck. He was uh he was under the uh, NBA camp and whatever I forgot what label they were signed to, but he we ended up getting a placement with him. They ended up shooting a big record to it. It was called Tuli. Uh, we ended up getting a placement together, me and Sean, through uh, just being locked in the studio that year, the beginning of 2020. That's when I kind of like said, all right, it's real. I started, I got my first placement. I started, I was like, damn, all right, now what you going to do next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you, uh, so for all up and coming producers out there, when you got that, first placement that you start, you know, getting progress and start moving up the ladders as far as producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you start to, you know, put a team around you as far as, you know, a legal team so you can, because, you know, you see, you hear so many times where, you know, the paperwork stops yeah. messes people up, you know, in the long run. So uh, who did you put around you to make sure your business was straight? Uh, my manager, 1K Franco, I ended up meeting him because he was Sean manager at a particular time. So I ended up meeting him and I was like, I like his work ethic and his movement. And my my lawyer is actually Balaji. He does all my paperwork when it comes to signing uh, those placement deals and things like that. And then I end up uh, signing with Beat Stars, with Sony ATV Beat Stars. And I end up meeting a lawyer through that company. As well. So I actually have a couple of lawyers on my team through any time I have to get any type of, you know, overlook process before signing the contract and things like that. So 1K Frank on my manager actually, you know, locked me in with those situations. Okay. Yeah. That, that's good, man, that you uh, got that early because I, I hate to hear those stories where, you know, people try to, you know, just keep it what by their word or things like that, and then they end up getting screwed over, you know. Yeah, and don't get it wrong, they still gonna try to do it to you. Cause it's times that we didn't got contracts. And you know, me me personally, when I get contracts, I like to send them to multiple lawyers just because one one lawyer is rushing or whatever case and he overlooks something. So it's still times that shit. They gonna still try to cheat you out your money. I'm not gonna lie to you, because to them they they wanna save money, especially if you on a uh a popular producer yet, they will try to save money as much as they can to get those records on those albums. You just got to know your paperwork and know your work. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you say you had a couple situations. You spoke to a couple situations like being signed to certain people. So what's your situation right now? Are you independent or are you signed to someone? I'm, oh, no, I'm listening to you. What you said? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was just asking, you know, what's your situation right now? Are you signed to someone or are you independent or how's that going? Uh, I have a, 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 I mean, a publishing deal with some TV. So a lot of, they just uh basically get the paperwork done and do all my, my, uh, my publishing. Basically, they pay all my publishing. I'm not particularly signing by, I'm doing an independent thing. I own my own studio. So a lot of my work comes from like me being an engineer now and that's sort of one thing I can say to those producers out there listening start engineering bro it's gonna it's gonna make everything a lot easier for you bro oh yeah so you so you um for producing you not only make the beat but you mix and master it too right yeah I got into that I'm gonna say like a year and a half ago and I already was uh, working at a studio in Houston called Fresh Sonic. 
And bro, they got some of the. That's how I end up uh, getting into the young boy situation in they camp because of the studio first Sonic, the uh, owner there. Shot the hard head. That's my guy. He uh, I met him through No Limit Shine as well. And uh, shit, they great engineers, bro. He's a multi multi platinum engineer, bro. Super hard. So I learned a lot from them watching those guys and hearing those records from being dry to mix, and they taught me a lot. Okay. So being around them and that leading you to the NBA young boy situation, mm-hmm. uh, I have to I have to think that that also you know led you to the Quando situation since they all in the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how they ended up happening. I actually don't have any records out with NBA. I got records out with Quando, but I do have records that just haven't came out yet. Hopefully they do drop. You know how those situations go. You never know when the records actually gonna drop or if they actually do decide to drop it. Oh. So. Yeah, uh, that situation, like, man, that was that was a real game changer, like, going to that studio. Like, to me, it, it put me around a lot of great guys, like you said, building that team. And that's one thing that's important to me right now is having a strong team, bro, because I can't – I believe you can't make it nowhere without a strong team. Like, it's going to be hard, bro. You got to build relationships, and you have to have people around you who have the same vision. Yeah, Absolutely. So, you know, you got your, you got a good situation with your publishing, independent grind, on studio, things like that. Yeah. Uh, if a major uh, deal came across with a big major uh, label, would you entertain it or would you just keep doing what you're doing now? Man, I got to come with a lot of zeros. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know what to do. Honestly, I got, I got the recipe. I just need the right situation. So... I feel like my work ethic and the team that I have around me, like, I feel like they just got to come with the right numbers because I already know how to get my own bag and I know how to build my own relationships. I'm still working on that part because it's hard to get in rooms a lot of times with artists, especially major artists. So that's my thing right now is just establishing myself as a household producer and breaking the artists because that's how I feel like artists, I mean, producers get, uh, you know that notoriety is by breaking, by having a hit single and things like that. So that's kind of my focus right now is working with independent artists who already have like their own motion. All they need is their one record. So I'm trying to reach out to those artists out there that kind of already got their own thing, kind of already have our own budget and understand what it takes and that work ethic. And shit, we can work. If you out there and you already got your own little thing going, hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. So. Take me back to the time where um, I don't know if it was your first placement or the placement you got with Quando Rondo, but which placement it was where you really got that big financial break where you could look back, you know, when you got that that phone call or that email and, and you knew life was about to change for you. Uh, take me back through that moment. Yeah, it was that Quando Rondo placement because uh, they had just signed a deal with Motown. So uh, when they signed that deal with Motown, they was about to drop that compilation project. So in my head, I'm like, man, this would be big for me because it's the whole NBA camp. It's not just one particular artist on this album. It's the whole camp. So that particular album changed my whole situation because now people looked at me like, oh, shit, you made an album. Oh, shit, you didn't play it and things like that. So a lot of times that created the motion that I do have now in Houston to where people want to record with me, people want beats from me. And it created to where I can not only get money from placements to where I can independently make my money in my city. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because you can uh, sell beats to not just uh, popping artists or just a part yeah, of the artists exactly. on the come up too. So, yeah, and I and I until still till today, like man, I don't get lazy, bro. I, I find my way to f make myself to these events, shake hands, and do what I got to do to continue to make a bag. A lot of people. A lot of upcoming producers, I see they have this problem, bro. They always look for the major placements. Like, it's dope to get those, bro. Not every major placement is life-changing. That's what people have to understand. You still got to have a hustle within your daily, you know what I'm saying, life. The publishing and shit, like, when you get big records, yeah, the publishing is going to be nice. Don't get it wrong. But you still have to find a way to survive out here. You can't just look at, oh, I got to get a placement to survive, bro. It's still, like... Bro, I make damn near five to 10K a month on being an engineer and producer in my city. So that's good money to me. If I could pull in six figures a year off of just having my own studio and selling beats, like I don't even use the online beat store. Like I sell my beats personally. So don't just look for major placements. Like that's just something I can say. Like it's good to have that mindset, but don't just look for them. Look for other ways to bring in the income for music. And another thing, too, that you investing in getting your own studio, I want people to uh, let this slide through the cracks. Not only that you can sell the beats, you mm -hmm. know, uh, while you're doing that, you could be, you could have three artists that you have in your studio and y'all working out some beats that you about to sell. And you can uh, be charging people for studio time, too. So that's another hustle, oh, too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's all different type of ways. I occasionally I do I do like I tell people to uh book a book a minimum of a two hour session, I'll chunk in a free beat. You know, things like that to promote my brand, my business, to keep people to come back, come back. That's all it's about right now that I'm learning my first year having my own studios returning customers. Cause a lot of times rappers can be bullshit. So you have to steady, like I said, go to these events, shake hands, put your face out there. And a lot of times producers are like boxed in. They don't have the confidence in themselves and who they are. You got to get outside and really shake hands and go to events and let people know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So describe the music scene in Houston now and versus the uh, when you first started. Uh, and as far as people collabing and just in general. Man, Houston, we actually got a lot of dope, talented artists out here. I just feel like when it comes to my city, we kind of boxed in. We don't have no particularly big labels out here to, uh, you know, with these artists. A lot of, like, our popular artists who did kind of blow up in the past years from, say, Don Tolliver to Megan Thee Stallion, mostly female artists to Ken the Man, they, they, uh, they kind of leave the city, bro. They, they, they leave Houston, then that's when, that's when you get all the love out here. When you leave the city and they see you working outside the city, I feel like. Yeah, because um, I would have to say, you know, because uh, Houston don't have a lot of people pop recently. So it's mm -hmm. like I was saying, I was talking about this the other day, you know, Houston is kind of catching up with Atlanta a little bit because a lot of people – Instead of people being like, oh, I got to go to Atlanta, I got to go to Atlanta, people starting to say that about Houston now. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of, and it's crazy because we have a lot of big, big studios out here. And they are, like a lot of major artists are coming out here. And I can say that personally from being in those studios, like they are. I mean, I guess it's because she, you ever been to Houston? Nah, I need to go, man. Oh, I, I interviewed, I interviewed, <laughs> what you call it, man. Uh, 
Uh, I seen we had mutual follower. I interviewed Prada Monroe a couple months ago. Yeah, you need to get out of here, bro. It's it's the experience. Like, just come out here for a weekend and enjoy. Like, like, that's why everybody come to here. That's why Drake makes so many songs, like about Houston. Man, it's it's a it's somewhere to be, bro. Like, we become in one of those cities that's like you said, it's somewhere that people want to be. Like a lot of rappers, they come out here and be out here, and you don't even know it. They be out here for weeks to months, bro. Like renting Airbnbs and staying out here, like. It's dope, bro. It's still a big city. Yeah, because I was just thinking, you know, to myself the other day, I was like, man, you know, I don't see progress with my show and things starting to take off. But I was like, man, if I stayed in Houston or Atlanta or any type of popping city, I know my show would be way farther. You know what I'm saying? Spotify had told me I'm in the top 30% most follow podcasts on there and I'm in the top five percent most shared globally because i hit six different countries so i was like man just imagine if i stayed in houston when i could just walk down the street and just run into somebody you know what i'm saying yeah bro that's what i can say like as you continue to grow in your career bro get to a major city (laughs) i'll be personally i've been to la i've been to atlanta never been to new york been to miami seen that music scene bro i will not live in another city I can't. Oh, yeah. Like it's just something, and, and I feel like if I, I I lived in another city, my career would be in a better situation. But I want to build it here, bro. Like I don't mind going the to those. Thing is, the thing is with you is that you know producing has so many different lanes, so you can stay in your city and still bounce around because yeah. you can still get things accomplished without you having to live permanently there like if you got to go to LA for a couple weeks and rent out an Airbnb or something like that I don't mean you have to live there just you can still accomplish the same things you know what I'm saying yeah that's kind of where I'm at right now like that's one of my goals in 2023 is to go to these other cities and really be more outside of my city and continue to just network and take hands I feel like that's what's going to take me to the next level Oh yeah. And plus, man, you know, you got you got your catalog and stuff going now. So I mean, once you get come across certain people, it's almost like, you know, once they see the work that you already don't put out there, they can't they can't dispute it. They ain't got no choice but to respect it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So shit. That's one of my things, like I said, coming twenty two is just, man, find new management, work with no bigger artists, and just continue to grow, bro. See you to grow. You'll be hearing a lot from me. Absolutely. So, uh, would you say that Quando Rondo uh, placement is the most successful one you have so far? Yeah, I would say that's the most successful uh, placement I have so far. But it's crazy. I just put out a project with an artist named D-Raw, and I executively produced it. So, to me, that was, like, bigger to me than that placement. And that's what a lot of people have to understand sometimes. Like, just find your way. Just find a way to be doing music, bro. Because you don't know who's next. You don't know what's next. So, like, to me, that placement kind of, like, changed my my life to where it made people more believing in me and accessible to me to the point of understanding how good I am, what I do. But that, that last project I just put out, if y'all get a chance, the name is D-Raw. We just put out a project in November. Uh, we just dropped a video to a single called Need. I executively produced oh. it. Yeah, I executively produced it. I brought in, like, I would say, like, five other producers to help me produce the records and mix and master them. 
And to me, that's that, that's more important to me. Like that's a bigger accomplishment to me because that's why I want to get in the game. I want to be one of the Kellys, you know what I'm saying? I want to be one of the Diddies and put together projects and put together artists in certain rooms on certain beats and make real, you know, music. Yeah, man, because uh, that's the first song I listened to uh, when I seen your Instagram. I listened to it last night. I like that song. Yeah, bro, that, that song was uh, random. We actually shot a vlog to it, like just creating in the moment, bro. Like bringing those people in that I know are good at what they do. That's what I'm good at, bro. I know how to put right producers in the right situations and the right artists with the right producers. So that's one of the things that's coming up in my career that I want to take a little bit more serious is like putting together like actual songs, getting this artist on this hook, getting this artist on this verse and actually putting together the song how it should be put together instead of just letting the artist, not saying they allow artists to do their job and freelancing however they create, but my music ears, this is the beat. You know what I'm saying? And choose the song, like this is the song, you need to get on this song with this artist. But that's gonna come with me, like building those relationships and having those artists understand what I bring to the table. Absolutely. So uh, for all up and coming producers out there, man, uh, what's the pros and cons to being a producer? Uh, the pros are uh, the money's good. <laughs> uh, man, the relationships, I, I built a lot of relationships in this, bro, and I met a lot of amazing people and a lot of talented people. Uh, what other pros do I have? Man, just love what you do. Like, if you love what you do, you're going to find a place in, in this industry, bro. You can't just, you can't do it halfway. You got to love what you do. Uh, some of the cons uh, of understanding your value, because a lot of, I could say I didn't understand my value at first with this. I didn't understand. Like, a lot of times people do a lot of stuff for free. You got to understand that you, you're putting in time. You need to get paid for what you're doing. Uh, other cons, shit, labels playing with money, don't want to see your money buying beats and not putting records out so you sold a beat and could have sold it a thousand other times, but now you sign these contracts, you can't put the beat out no more. Uh, man, it's just understanding the, the business, I can say, because I didn't really understand it. And that's what I had to do when I got around uh, those guys at uh, Fresh Sonic Studios, was learning the business side behind it. And that's what I can say, like it's major, major to me and that all producers should learn the business, bro. Just I don't know how you gonna they're gonna learn it, but learn it. Whenever somebody's talking, just listen. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when you uh when you talk about labels playing with the money, is it just them just procrastinating or is it them trying to argue you down or how how does that go? Uh it's procrastination and argue down. It's it's different situations. I can say like a lot of times when you have a personal relationship with certain artists, they try to just put put the record out and don't consensually like agree to your terms on the record. Just because I gave you that beat in that particular moment for you to get on it don't mean you could put the record out without my consensuation. And that's what I can say a lot of times, like a lot of people, a lot of artists take relationships Instead of like, you got to understand there's a difference between relationships and business. So you can't mix those two. I would say when you're dealing with artists, a lot of times you got to understand that some artists or people you have relationships, sometimes it's just business. Okay. So uh, what would you, uh, since you've been doing this, what is something that caught you off guard that, that you didn't expect? 
Mm, something that caught me off guard. Man. Oh, uh, we had got me and my homeboy got a placement. And uh one of the producers who sent us the loop, it wasn't his loop. Mm. So when the artist previewed the song on his Instagram, the producer was mad as hell at us because we didn't know he made the loop. So it was like a big like argument in the producer community that we was like stealing his loops and things like that. So we had to kind of align that straight, but it was just the fact that like when the song dropped, he previewed the snippet, it went up and people thought we stole his loop and didn't give him credit for it. So that was just a situation that was like, it was a big drama scene behind it and just messed. So we cleared it up. But the producer who sent it to us, we had to let him know like, bro, you can't be sending us loops on something that you didn't do. You know, like, and just can't put your name on it at that. Cause it make us look like we don't do business the right way or we don't do shit the right way. Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, that's why anything in any type of business, you always want to keep that integrity, you know. Yeah, you want your name good, bro. You don't want to have no bad name out here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, man, uh, for all the people, all of your fans, and people that keep up with you, yeah. um, what are some things you like doing in your spare time when you're not doing music? Uh. I like being around females. <laughs> being in a room full of baddies. You know what I'm <laughs> nah, I like I like kicking it, bro. Like I don't really have a particular group I like kicking with. I like hanging with like my same people. So like just family time, bro. Like I'm big on family. So being around my family and enjoying them is like something that's real important to me. Other than that, traveling. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, what are your short and long-term goals, man? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, short-term goals, like I said, getting more placements. Last year, I took the year off as far as focusing on placements because I had uh, opened my studio up. So I was working on becoming a better engineer and just becoming a better producer. So now that short-term goals, I just want to uh, get more placements, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what a lot of people kind of waiting on. They, uh, You know, they see you get a placement and think you fell off, but I wasn't focused on that. Now my focus is back on that. Long-term goals, man, continue to be a businessman. Don't just like allow music to be my main priority and main focus. Allow myself to grow from my business and open other businesses in the long term. Okay. Uh, so for 2023, man, what you got coming for this year, man? Like, uh, well, you got anything, uh, any big collabs or anything coming up? Man, right now I'm just working in a moment. I don't really have anything particular lined up. I'm just, like I said, working with a bunch of independent artists who already have following for themselves and just continue to help them grow as doing my job and helping them grow as creating the records that they need to take their career to the next level. And like I said, you're going to see a lot. Right now I haven't gotten the motion of figuring out exactly how I need to get in these rooms with these artists, but that's a part of my plan coming up. And my management, they actually been doing a good job and putting me in the room, so... I don't like to speak too much on records that don't come out. So I don't like to say, oh, I'm working with this person and that person and that person and the records don't come out because then it's going to be an upset for me. Oh, yeah. So when the records come out, bro, you're going to be the first one of the first ones to know. And I'm going to let you know. I'll be like, hey, bro, we got a record coming out. We need to get back on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. You know, I uh, do shows all the time. You know, uh, just like I, uh, I keep the door open for 
for every uh, everybody on two facets, whether we talking about your career or we can just get on here and just chop it up and talk about some real stuff. And, you know, I went through a lot of real stuff in the military, real life stuff as far as, you know, whether that be relationships, uh, fake friends or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you got something on your chest and you feel like some people going through it and they yeah. might more need to hear that perspective, we can talk about that too. You just got to be about the music all the time, you know? Yeah, definitely, bro. We're going we to definitely get back in here, bro. I got a lot of, like I said, my mind is thinking farther and further ahead. So when I say, like, when you ask me about things that I got lined up, I already have a few things lined up as far as artists. Like I said, I just want those records to drop before I start name dropping and things like that. Uh, absolutely. So I start asking all my guests this question. I feel like it's a question everybody should have to answer at some point in their life, like it's a legacy question. So uh, how do you want people to perceive you? Uh, I just want to be perceived as, as a hard worker, bro, as, as a real genuine person, someone who's uh, very authentic in that life and that creativity. And just as a... Uh, just a very, like, very, you know, I want to be a mogul. I want to be somebody that's, like, good at what they do and known for what I do. So that's how I would like everybody to see me. Just know me as a as a producer who's going to be one of the greatest. Absolutely, man. So uh, give me your, uh, well, you can do you can do artists or you can do producers. I don't know which one you want to do, but uh, give me okay. your uh, hip-hop Mount Rushmore. Give me your top five. You can either do producers or you can mix it up with artists or however you want to do it. Ooh, damn. Damn, damn, damn. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. Producers-wise, I'm going to say uh, Southside 808 Mafia Boss. As somebody who I was, I was always inspired by from when I was watching uh, YouTube videos and things like that. Rappers. Oh, well, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to just say Producers 808 Mafia Boss, Southside. Damn, it's crazy because I don't ever think about stuff like this. Cause I, bro, I don't really like. I'm my favorite, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Dr. Dre, just as a businessman and, and the legacy that he created for himself. Uh, artists, I'm gonna go with new artists right now. That's particularly doing that thing. I'm a big Young Boy fan. Oh yeah. Um, Drake. And I'm gonna bring a female in on this. I'm gonna say Nikki. Well, yeah, that's the first time I heard someone bring a female. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look at like her accolades. Like <laughs> people don't be people be saying like, oh, she don't have a high record now, but man, the legacy, the 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 stuff she's done, Mount Rushmore, like for sure. <laughs> yeah, the run she had, like even the hottest females now, like I I feel like Cardi. I got the potential to have a run like that, but besides mm -hmm. that, like ain't nobody ever had a run like that with a female. Yeah. None. So I got I gotta give her flowers, bro. Like I gotta put a female on the list. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, my hip hop Mount Rushmore is uh, you know, I got Tupac and Biggie. I love I love those guys. I like uh I got Wayne, okay, I got Hove, and then I got Drake. But okay. uh, my honorable mentions, you know, I love Lil Baby. <laughs> I love Lil Baby and I love uh, Jeezy, man. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's why when you ask me that, I'm like, bro, God, they are like people who I like listen to on the regular and have a lot of respect for. And I just like to give credit to the newer, 
like generation of things because those are the people still making the legacy. A lot of times those older people, they did what they did and they kind of moved on from music. You know what I'm saying? So I like to give those guys who still working and still creating a name for themselves and still out here making hit records. Oh yeah, absolutely, Bear. So uh, closing remarks, man, anything you want to let the people know? Uh, you got any last words for any up and coming producers on the come up, any advice and uh, just let people know how to find you, keep up with you on social media and things like that. Okay. Uh, I just like to say to everybody who tuned in, you know, man, stay focused on your dreams, man. Always put your dreams first. Don't allow anyone to diminish what you have goals in your mind or what you want to do in life. Uh, upcoming producers, stay focused, locked in, work as hard as you can. And I would say, uh, yeah, everybody can find me on Instagram at Trill C, T-R-I-L-L-L-L-C. And I appreciate you, bro, for letting me come through and do this podcast with you, bro. It was a great interview. I enjoyed my time here. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I drop uh, every Monday at uh, at uh, midnight. You know, I do uh, I do vlogs, too. So if we ever get a chance to meet in person, you know, we can uh, do a vlog. I usually uh, do vlog when I do in-person interviews. I yeah. do, I drop a vlog before I drop the actual interview, just us just chilling, chopping it up and things like that. Okay. Then, so uh, come to Houston, bro. I'm going to say, we'll move around. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to get you to meet some dope people, some dope uh, artists, dope engineers, a couple of these studio owners. Get you a whole nice little vlog, bro. I think it'll be a trip well worth it, bro. Get you on your homeboys. Come out here and enjoy it, bro. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Houston definitely been on the hit list. I know, uh, um, when I interviewed uh, Prada Monroe, she was telling me, she was like, yeah, you got to come out here because, you know, yeah. you lit out there because I'll be seeing the little turkey leg hut and all that stuff. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkey leg, one of the dope spots. You're going to have to sit outside for about two hours and wait in line, but shit, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> yeah, because I want to uh, run across what you call it, man. I've been trying to get in touch with him. Uh, Corey, man, I, I like I, yeah. I just like everything he's about, man. Yeah, I was. It's crazy. Me and my homeboy was just having this talk about him yesterday, man. That that that's a hardworking man, right there. Uh, like, yeah. go put his foot down. Yeah, a lot of people should be inspired by, but they don't really know like his background. They think turkey leg. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, that's a lot that goes behind the scene that people don't know. This man worked hard. Yeah, especially with Corey being that. That big YouTuber, I've been looking at his. Oh, you talking about Corey? Oh, yeah, yeah, Corey. Yeah, I know you talking about. Yeah, Corey is dope, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've been watching Corey for a little minute. It's crazy. I, it, I'm interested in meeting him too. I don't know him myself, but I know I know a couple other YouTubers that know him. Dope guy, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, with the turkey leg though, I watched the interview they did with um, Tony the closer. Yeah, yeah, they did an interview with him. I think it was about a year ago. Him and his wife, and, and yeah. they were talking about the struggles that they went through, and you know mm -hmm. that bad investments and things like that. So yeah, it's a real, real dope story of how they got into the position they in now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, you know, uh, anytime you want to come on, man, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, DM you your uh, phone number. And okay. then, you know, anytime you want to come on, man, you know, I do. I record. I ain't a certain day I record. I can I can record seven days a week because all my stuff pre-recorded. So I got episodes coming out every week all the way through May already. So 
It's dope, bro. I got a couple of the friends that's in the music industry that you might want to interview as well. So I introduce you to them as well too, bro. We stay in touch definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You just uh shoot on my Instagram or I'm I'm about to send you my number and then you know, or right. do it whichever yeah. way you prefer to uh to do it. You know, uh it's crazy because I seen E Blue post y'all, you and two other uh people on his yeah. story. I was like, dang. So I just happened to go through the task because you know, I stay on Instagram for at least about an hour trying to find new guests and stuff. So yeah. I just looking, trying to see. You know, that's one that's one we probably have to do. I don't know what the, I want to play the record for you, but I don't know what his situation and what they're gonna do with the record just yet. <laughs> so I don't want to put it out there to the world yet. But we made it, we made a dope record though. I can't lie to you. I'm gonna have to send this to you personally. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I was just so surprised because I know he had the no biggie record that, yeah. that, that was going crazy. Yeah. And you know, when he played that uh when I listened to his EP, he just dropped. I was on the way to work. I go to work at like seven in the morning. So it's like six in the morning. Yeah. On the highway. And as soon as I heard, I think it's 3 a.m. That song where he got yeah. arrest. That's dope. That's a hard song. Man, I listened to that junk. And then the way the junk came on, you know, I'm a big dude. So I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm moving like a skinny dude in the car. Yeah. Like, salsa. <laughs> yeah. Salsa and everything. Yeah, bro, dope. And it's crazy to me, like, you bring up E Blue, like, to work with him for the first time a few days ago, like I always have these different like energies when I work with different artists and how they create. I can honestly say like, when I first heard his voice, when I was recording him, like it was like, I instantly knew like, oh, this gonna be a dope ass record. And I always get that feeling about artists when I first record them and I never really kind of like got a chance to work with them. And when we created that song, like, like, bro, is super talented. Super, super talented, bro. Like, his work process and how he creates is super dope. It will make it so crazy, dog. I interviewed him at the end of August. Yeah. Two months later, he got his blue check. I interviewed him two yeah. months before he got his blue check, man. So That's lit. That's super lit. Yeah, bro, hard. We, we definitely – I think he's out here for a little bit longer, and we're going to get in here a couple more days and get some more records done, too. Because the other day, shit – I feel like when I lock in with certain artists and that first record we make, it's dope. Oh, we got a lot more work to do. Yeah, you gotta try to go ahead. And get no telling what else we create. Yeah. Yeah, it's rare you had that chemistry in anything that you do, you know what I'm saying? So you need to try to keep that chemistry going as long as possible. Yeah, exactly. That's my thing. Like I said, building relationships with good artists and, and not just as an artist, like he's a dope human, you know what I'm saying? Good person to be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blues real cool, man. Like uh everybody in that whole camp, cause uh when I got the Derez Deshaun interview, they yeah. uh, they asked me to interview E Blue, Free Band Test, and One Shot Deal. So I interviewed all four of them in the same week. So so uh all those guys is cool because they all hang around each other, so they all cool. Yeah, that's dope, bro. But yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. And you know, any Body you send it send my way. I interview them or uh anytime you want to come on, you know, you might one of your one of your one of your side chicks or somebody <laughs> be like, hey, nah, sure. man, she she on this 
oh, I was thinking I'm about to trick or something. Like, we, so. like this. Oh, we definitely got to be back in there. So oh, we definitely, bro. <laughs> My life is a fucking movie, bro. It's a, it's a movie. <laughs> it's only getting longer and longer, bro. <laughs> so I know we're going to have some records dropping in. We're going to have some female stories. We got some some partner stories and everything else to talk about, bro. We definitely got to be back in here. I appreciate you having me today, dog. All right. No problem, bro. And uh, you, uh, you have a good day, bro. All right. You too. All right. Later.